Welcome to episode 9 of the Tales of Enelis, as we continue our story of Thorfinn Asbjörnsson and his friend Alphys Casper. And now, our new friend Gunbjorn the Merchant. Last we left them off, they were deep in the ancient elven ruins that has now been taken over by this band of brigands, led by who knows who. We haven't yet discovered who leads these brigands, but we know the dark sorceress Kataka is one of his lieutenants. And now we've learned she is out, perhaps gathering tribute from other villages, perhaps terrorizing Elkwood. We don't know, but we do know she has the Chaos Stone, some sort of powerful artifact that can be used to destroy the defenses of helpless villages. It'll probably help them control and dominate the region, but she hasn't quite figured out yet how to use it, or at least we don't think so, because Gunbjorn well, he doesn't even know how to use it, but he has seen it in action. He might have some information about it. And so the three adventurers are now deep in these ruins. And when we left off last time, they had discovered a, there was three guards right outside of this great door. Perhaps it leads to the leader of this place. And there was a bunch of boxes and other bits of storage and Alphys, using his excellent stealth skills, was able to sneak around through the boxes in the shadows, remaining undiscovered. And these three guards were sort of inattentive. Two of them, I think, are playing a dice game in the corner, and one was just sort of nodding off on a chair, a chair that Alphys has managed to sneak right behind. He comes up to the chair, his knife right up to the neck of the guard. Okay, so what we're gonna do is roll, he's got the drop, so we're going to roll his attack with the plus four bonus. He's got a d6 with his knife. Okay, that is a lowly three plus four is seven. Okay, but that's a hit. Not exactly what we're hoping for. I think the guard maybe have moved sort of the last moment his head sort of nodding off and he sort of comes up, you know, a moment. Maybe he heard something, just the slightest motion. But we still do some damage here. And this is going to be a D6, a D4, plus four. So you still can take him out. Uh, that is gonna be six plus four is 10. That is a hit with a raise. So yeah, he, the knife slices across the guard's throat and he falls to the ground dead. The slumping sound of the guard suddenly rouses the other two and they look over and they see the dark shadow of Alphys over the body, the bloody knife in his hand, and they draw their own weapons. And this is when Thorfinn and Gunbjorn charge out of the darkness and battle begins. All right, let's see what we got for initiative. We've got, we got Thorfinn on seven, his allies on six, and the Bandits on 10. So the bandits are actually able to react immediately to this attack. Unfortunately, it seems like the bandits are can close the distance between themselves and Alphys. So they actually charge across the room with their swords, yeah, striking at Alphys. All right, they only got a D6 for fighting. Oh, there's a six, explodes, that's a seven. Well, that's not too bad, but that's still a hit against Alphys's Parry of five. So what kind of damage do we get from that first strike? That is six points of damage. Althus's toughness is seven with his armor. 
Um, so he is able to avoid any damage as it just slices across his armor, but doesn't penetrate. All right, second attack from the other bandit. That's a one, so that is a miss. And so Althus manages to, to, to hold them off for a moment as Thorfinn now comes charging across the room. He gets behind one of the bandits. Now he's ganging up with his buddy Althus, slicing away with his, uh, his hand axe. Got a D6 here. That is an exploding die. That is an 11. That is a hit with a raise against their parry of five. So he is going to be doing three D6 damage here. Oh, we got two sixes. Those both explode. Uh, so that is 12 plus six, 18 plus five is 23. Yep, that guy is dead. So Thorfinn comes from behind, slices away with his hand axe right down the back of the head of the, of the bandit who didn't even see him coming. And he drops to the ground as Thorfinn pulls the axe out of his skull, ready for the next bandit. All right. Next up is Alphys and Gunbjorn. Gunbjorn, unfortunately, is too far away for the other guard. He's gonna have to dash in there. Um, so he just sort of dashes around, trying to flank with the guard, uh, getting into position behind him. As Alphys, with his bloody knife still in his hand, yeah, takes advantage of this flank, striking with his dagger. Oh, ho, ho, we got exploding die on both d6s. Uh, that's going to be a nine with a three. So that is nine. That is a success against their parry with a raise. So Althos is doing 2d6 and a d4 of damage. That is five plus an exploding four. That's nine plus two is 11. 11 verse six. So that is a hit with a raise. And he guts the knife right into the bandit's chest. And he drops to the ground, dead. Nice job! We were able to take them out quickly. Yes, good job, Althus. And they look over at this large wooden door. The ancient door somehow survived the passage of time, intricately carved with curved Art Nouveau-style designs, curving branches, a lot of plant-like reliefs, clearly elven design. There, that must be it. Whoever's leading this place, I bet they're in there. Yes, I suppose you're right. Well, what are we doing? We should get on with it. And so the three of them approach the door. Now, wait just a second. Althus puts out his hand. If I know anything about leaders, they tend to put out traps to protect their quarters. Let me just take a look. So Althus is going to see if there's any traps on the door. And let's first find out. Let's ask the fate chart. Is this brigand leader, whoever it or it might be, did they trap the door? I think it's likely, right? Um, there might be some sort of trap to protect themselves. Uh, 58 on 65. Our chaos factor, by the way, is, is it still at a five? Um, that is 58 out of 65 is a yes. So there is a trap. So we know there's a trap. Althus doesn't know yet. He's going to roll a notice roll. He's going to be looking for traps. Okay, the first thing we have to figure out is what is the nature of this trap? 
We're using Iron Sworn here to roll a trap event and component. We've got a three, so block. 51, darkness. Block the darkness. Okay, so I think this trap is magical, right? These are elves. I think this is an ancient elven trap that the brigands somehow learned about and were able to, to take advantage of. And this magical trap, I think, summons a wall of, of sort of black, dark energy that protects the door when it's triggered. So I think it just triggers, if you try to open the door without uh, perhaps uh, running your finger down a rune that's near, near the center of the door. So if you don't do this, it will trigger the trap. Now, let's see if Alphys notices this trap. His notice is a d6. Uh, ooh, we got exploding six. Oh, that's only a seven. So that is a success. So I think he notices the trap, but he doesn't immediately realize how to disable it. Look here. Don't touch anything. Yes. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but there's some sort of magical trap here. It could be dangerous. All right. What do we do about it? I think Thorfinn turns to Gunbjorn, hoping Gunbjorn maybe has heard something about the trap. Is it possible? Yeah, I think it's possible that Gunbjorn maybe heard rumors about the bandits when they had to go see the boss. They had to touch this rune. Um, but I think it's very unlikely. I'm going to say uh, nearly impossible that he heard something. I'm sure it's kept very hush, especially since they didn't trust him. So 15% chance here. That is a no. 71. I'm afraid I don't know anything about this. Damn. What do we do, Althus? I don't quite know. Magic isn't exactly my specialty, you know. Yeah, mine either. Again, he turns to Gunbjorn, who just kind of shrugs. So I think at this point, they realize there's a magical trap, and they have to try to figure it out. We know they don't read the ancient elven runes, so they can't just read it and figure it out, even if it was some sort of word puzzle of some kind. So I think they're just gonna have to sort of dumb luck this, which I don't think is gonna go very well. I think there's limited information for them to deal with this. So actually what I'm gonna do is give uh, the group a smarts roll. So between the, all of them, it's gonna be a D6 with a wild die with a minus two penalty. If they succeed here, I think they sort of figure it out based on the, the glyphs and the runes. Maybe there's some sort of a pattern that sort of leads towards this magical rune they need to run their finger along. Um, if not, I think they accidentally trigger the trap. Here goes. Uh, ooh, we got exploding six. That is a seven. Minus two is a five, but that's still a success, but just barely. So I think they're sort of looking at it carefully and... Uh, and Alphys, who has the impulsive hindrance, I think he just goes for it. He has a he has a an intuition about this rune, sort of seeing the patterns coming together, and he just puts out his fingers and he starts tracing it along the rune. And through pure luck and intuition, they disable the trap. There's a flash of, of dark light. And uh, they can just immediately tell the sort of latent hum of the magical energy on the door has ceased. It is temporarily disabled.
What'd you do? I... Well, I... I think I disabled it. Why? I thought you said not to touch it. Well, I, I, I hadn't... I had... I had a thought. A thought? You're damn lucky, Casper. <laughs> yes, well... I opened it, didn't I? All right. Let's just go. And so, Thorfinn... <sighs> pulls this heavy door. It grates along the stone as they open it. What do they find inside? For their success on that trap, I'm going to give them two progress marks on the progress bar of our delves. So we're now at eight out of ten boxes. So what I'm going to do now is make a progress roll. This is an iron sworn mechanic. We're going to roll a D, two D10, and each of these D10s have to be lower than our progress of eight. If they both are, it's a strong hit. If one of them is, it's a weak hit and there's some sort of complication. If they both are above or equal, that is a fail. It's a miss and something bad's gonna happen. So I'm gonna see if this determines essentially what they find on the other side of this door. Is it the leader of the brigands or is it something else? Here it goes. That is a three and a two. That is a strong hit. They have successfully located their objective. This means that whoever is in charge of this place, they are here and they are unaware that Thorfinn, Alphys, and Gunbjorn have just entered the premises. Perhaps whoever they are, they think it's the, one of their bandits coming in to bring some news. But now we have to find out who is the leader of these brigands. Been sort of leaving that in the dark, but now we, can, we must find out. With Chaos Factor 5, I'm gonna be making a number of fate questions here. Oh boy, okay, so who is this brigand leader? Let's first roll an action and theme so we can get something along the lines of what kind of a character they are. In fact, I'm actually gonna roll first on the elements table from from the mythic gm emulator v2 there's a nice character elements table let's find out something about its character 92 triumphant <laughs> okay so whoever they are they have a large ego they feel like they are master of the domain here all right let's do a character background 53 harsh Okay, so they had a harsh background, whoever this person or thing, entity is. But now here's a character identity. Let's, this might really narrow it down. Seven. Art. Art? Okay. Art. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna roll again. I have an idea though. And uh, 98 villain. Okay, well, that's obvious. It is certainly a villain but art. All right, I have an idea. What if the leader of the brigands is an elf? It's the art of this place. They want to come, they wanted to preserve the beauty of this ancient ruin. And uh, however, we know they're a villain, they're triumphant, they, they have a large ego, they, they sort of are full of themselves, they feel like they have power and, and control over this area as they have for the past couple of years uh, during the war. And so I think this leader might be an elf. I'm gonna ask the fate chart. Is this leader an elf? I think it's likely. Eight, extreme, yes. Okay, 
So that is true. This is an elf that has come back to sort of reclaim these ancient ruins. Now, my original thought that these ruins were, were super old from way back during the ages of the Star Elves. But now I'm wondering if perhaps they're not. If it was, perhaps it was the Gold Elves that have created this place. The, the High Elves, the Solmar. So I'm going to ask the Fatar. Did the Solmar, Solmar create this place? I think it's, I think it's likely. Yes, that is a 72. Okay, so the Solmar created this place. It's not the ancient Stelmar, but the ancient Solmar that created this place. And I think this elf is a Solmar. The Stelmar elves are actually extinct, so it makes a lot more sense that she's a Solmar. These are the gold elves from the crystal cities of Inarvis. But in the ancient past, their expanded domain was much larger, so it kind of makes sense that this might exist. So this brigand leader is a Solmar and has some sort of ancient connection to this place and perhaps has come here to sort of restore it or perhaps there was something here. I, I think we have to ask that question. Why did they come here? Why did they gather these brigands? Um, why did they take over the villages and, and gain tribute from them? Is it just based on their personality? Is it just who they are? I think it's 50-50. If, if I get a no here, we'll say there's some other agenda for why they came back here. Okay. Um, okay, so the brigands, that's his yes. So they got the brigands, they just wanted power. So they came to these ruins with a purpose, the art, right? Perhaps the elves' ancestors came from this place and they wanted to come back and, and, and see it for themselves. But they're also a, was a, they were a villain. They were able to manipulate people and, and gain power over them. What kind of a, of a, I guess for the can most convenient parlance is class. What type of character is this, this leader? Are they a wizard or a sorcerer type or are they more of a, a warlord? Let's see if we can get an answer on that. Okay, I rolled up criminal. So I think there's more of a rogue type, actually. I think they're not actually that much of a warrior as much as a, an intelligent sort of leader of men. I think, I think they were able to manipulate and control the bandits through subterfuge and intrigue and were able to play the politics of the region to get these brigands under their command. Great, so they're sort of a, a mob boss style leader. This might fare well for Thorfinn and his friends. All right, what is the gender of this character? A three, a female. Okay, so this elf is a female. Let's get a name for this elven leader. All right, let's get an elven name. Okay, so this elven leader's name is Feria Sanfe. So she is a mob-style boss. She was able to manipulate these brigands, give, talk to them about the promises of, of power over the region with all of the soldiers away at war, how they could dominate the villages. And so that's exactly what they've been doing for the past few years. And she was able to mount her power. She knew about this ancient ruin from her ancestors and thought it would be a great base of operations. And so she came here um, inspired by the art and <laughs> created this sort of operation with the brigands. They built up a palisade around the ruin and they were able to dominate the region, coming out of the orc woods on horse and demanding tribute from the villagers. 
Now here's a question. How does Feria know about Kataka? How did they meet? Okay, I'm gonna be using the uh, Legends and Adventures from Forbidden Lands to give me a, a loose idea of how these two met. Okay, 56. Okay, captured, so, oh. Okay, so I have to ask the fate chart this. Were they both criminals that were captured by, by the authorities, but somehow managed to escape together? I think this is likely. That's the oracle here. Uh, no, okay. But they were captured. Ooh, were they captured by orcs during the war? Yes, 50, yes, okay. So this is how I think they met. Kataka and Feria were captured by the orcs during the earliest parts while the war was beginning. And perhaps these orcs, I think, weren't part of the the legions being controlled by the Jotuns. They were just bands of orcs. And so this is how it happened. Theria, being some sort of a, a genius mastermind and manipulator, was able to convince the orcs to let her go. And over time, she was able to sort of take control over these orcs, manipulate them into doing her bidding. And during this time, they captured Kataka, who was perhaps fleeing from Westgate for some reason. And they found Kataka and captured her and brought her before Theria. Theria, seeing Kataka's power and knowledge of the magical arts, convinced her to join Theria in her conquest. Then the war broke out, the Alliance War. Orcs were being subjugated by the Jotuns and sent off to fight for this, for their conquest of the North. And I think the Orc Band, controlled by Theria, was brought under control of the Jotuns. And being who Theria is, her and Kataka were able to slip away and get out of there. So they headed south, now with no band of Orcs to do their bidding. But she did what she knows best. And she saw what was happening in the borderlands or all these Soldiers had gone off to war, leaving the villages somewhat weak and vulnerable. And all of the loose bandits that had sort of stayed behind, the deserters, essentially, who didn't want to go to war, she was able to gather them up and convince them to join her, her brigand army, this growing band. And then she remembered the ancient ruins of her ancestors hidden in the orc woods, and so she went there and created this base of operations over the past couple of years. Her and Kataka were able to con consolidate their power. And now they are been this dark force upon the villages of the borderlands. Great. Now we know everything about Theria's backstory. And now we come into the room where Theria, her, her, her main headquarters. I think it's a, a couple chambers or sort of a main greeting hall. At least she has turned in sort of a crude th throne room since she is triumphant. She has a, a large ego. So she has this crude throne room built in the main chamber here. And there's a couple of side chambers where she keeps her chambers and probably uh, Kataka too. I imagine she treats Kataka well. Um, so Kataka has her own chambers in these sort of better these chambers, I think, in this part of the ruin have, are in better condition and well-maintained. And so, as Thorfinn, Althus, and Gunbjorn come into this chamber, I think 
I think it's likely that Furia is here, perhaps sitting on her throne, brooding over her power of the region. I think this is likely. Let's ask the fate chart. 58, yes, so Furia is here. And I think it's um, nearly certain she also has some elite guards with her. Her protection, her most loyal guards are in this room. 85% chance that is a yes. So she has her elite guards flanking her in this room. So we see a large stone chamber, intricately carved swirling columns lining the chamber. The columns holding up a vault-like ceiling, the echoing steps of their, of their footsteps as they come into the room, the grating sound of the door echoing. And Theria, this elf, Let's get a description of Theria. All right, a description of Theria. What do we got? Birthmark. Interesting, so she has some sort of birthmark. Some sort of prominent birthmark. Okay, what else? Ooh, a shaved head. Okay, so she has a, a birthmark along her neck. She has a shaved head and uh, you know her somewhat pointy ears along and, and, and these, she's a Solmar, so she has a sort of golden skin and her eyes, the irises of her eyes are golden with this flecks of silver sparkling in it like glitter. This is just a, a feature of all elves and endless. And so her clothing, she is wearing, okay, she's wearing food stained clothes. So I think she just, she was just sitting here eating while her, while her, while Kataka has taken the, the brigands, many of the brigands soldiers out with her. And so she was sort of feasting on this throne as, uh, as the uh, adventures come in. Um, okay. What's her personality? Stoic. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Okay, stoic and flowery speech. Well, this certainly befitting of an elf. So, so as Thorfinn, Alphys, and Gunbjorn enter the room, they see this golden-skinned elf sitting upon a crude stone throne that's sort of been built with, with masonry bricks and stacked up. Flanked on her are two brigands, some of the largest, more armored. I think they've got sort of a chain shirts and large axes. These are the, the strongest warriors that she has that defend her. And she's sitting there, I think, gnawing away on a gnawing away on a chunk of boar, ripping at the meat, just letting the, the drips of the meat drizzle down her, her crude leather armors, uncaring about her appearance in this regard. She is in her home. And she's got this bald, shaved head, this birthmark of a crescent moon upon her neck as she looks down with stoic, unchanged expression at these three who have just entered her halls. At first, she thinks maybe these are these are new brigands that have been added. Kataka has been, you know, adding brigands like Gunbjorn uh, to the fold. But then she realizes there's something not quite right about them. She's very smart, so she immediately sort of picks up on this. But you never see this on her face. Her stoic features just stare down at them. And I think Gunbjorn, Alphys, and Thorfinn sort of pause their steps for a moment. This room is is just magnificent and beautiful. All of the elven decoration and imagery sort of pull them into this majesty of this place, this ancient hall. And here, sitting on it, is, a, is at first seems this ancient elf, and then, then the illusion sort of fades. They realize this is just an elven brigand 
leading these bandits. And she's looking down at them with her stoic gaze. Who are you? In her flowery voice. And Thorfinn sort of pauses. I think he wasn't expecting this. I think in his mind, he expected some sort of brutal, brutal, tough warlord. And here's this elf, lithe, beautiful, full of grace. Perhaps not so much right now as she has meat drippings going down her neck. But he, he's befuddled by this for a moment. I, 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 I'm Thorfinn, Thorfinn Asbjornsson. I come on behalf of Elkwood. Elkwood, ah, Elkwood. But a humble village under my care. Under your care? You've made Elkwood suffer. He points up at her, threatening her with his eyes. Suffer? I think not. I have taken care of these villages, don't you understand? It was not for me. They would have faltered as all of you had gone to war. As she quickly realizes that Thorfinn must be one of the soldiers who had returned from war. I have taken care of your homes as you had gone off to fight in the north. Had I not been here, they would have suffered over the winters. You speak lies. Lies? No. It is you who have fallen for the lie, as I am the caretaker. And you have just come home to find your village intact, have you not? Intact? Intact, but suffering. Suffering, perhaps, but not by my doing. I have only ensured they thrived, that food would flow. I think at this point, Thorfinn is, is somewhat swayed by her flowery words. He, he's confused for a moment, so I'm actually going to make him make a smarts roll if he can see through her bullshit. I think she's just that good at manipulating people. She's been able to get up this far in power. So I'm going to have him roll. So I'm going to have Thorfinn roll a smarts roll to see if he, he sort of is delayed. I don't think he's going to completely believe her, but he's going to be distracted enough time for I think her guards to sort of move into position. She can tell a fight is brewing. Uh, that is a five. That is a success. Quiet your words. I will not be manipulated by you, elf. And he has his hand axe at the ready and he begins to march forward. You will pay for what you did to Elkwood. And he takes another step. You will pay for what you did to my parents. He takes another step. And you will pay for all of your suffering you've caused. And we are entering a combat as Theria and her two guards are going to confront Thorfinn, Alphys, and Gunbjorn. Okay, we have a combat. Now we're going to fight. All right, we have Thorfinn on eights. We have his allies on kings. And I'm going to do... Uh, Theria is definitely a wild card here, so she's going to go on six, and then her buddies are going on ace. Okay, so those, her bodyguards were ready to go. Not good for our adventurers here. So her two bodyguards immediately draw their, draw those large axes and they start charging across the way. They're going to have to run. It's a long haul, so they have to, they're going to have to dash their way across the hall. 
yes, let's see if they are able to get to get to Thorfinn and make an attack. Uh, yes, so one of them gets to Thorfinn, and so does the other one. So they both charge across this chamber with this large, these large two-handed axes huffing over their heads. They're gonna have a minus one on this attack because they took a dash action. So here they go. They both have a D8 fighting, so this could get dangerous. They're actually way more powerful than the brigands we've been fighting so far. A little worried about Thorfinn here. Um, that is a one and a four, actually. So against Thorfinn's parry of five, those are misses. Okay, so they both swing these giant axes. Both strike the ground. Sparks fly off the stone, but Thorfinn is able to avoid these deadly axe blades. All right, so those were the two elite brigands. Now it is a king on the allies. So this is Alphys and Gunbjorn. Gunbjorn is able to now charge in and make a strike. The gang up bonus, his fighting of course is only a D6. Come on, Gunbjorn. That is a four, that is unfortunately these elite brigands have a parry of seven, so he has to explode to even hit them. Uh, he does get the plus one from getting up, so that is actually a five. But still, yeah, he does not have a good chance of actually hitting these guys. Um, they're just too well of, of combatants. All right, so Alphys now comes in with his knife at the other one, and they're ganging up now, both with uh, Thorfinn, who's got both of them on him. And so... Alphys is making a strike with his knife. He's at least a wild card, so this should help. That is a five. Plus the one from getting up, that's six. Still not enough. These guys are tough. Okay, it is now Thorfinn's turn. Thorfinn is going to strike, I think at the one that he's sharing with, with Alphys, just out of instinct. These two have worked together a lot, so he's going to hack with his hand axe. That is a five plus one, that is six. He does not hit either. Oh no, this is getting rough. All right, now we are to Feria's turn. She is a sort of bandit chief leader here. Um, she has a sword. She is very good at fighting. This could get dangerous. I think she's not charging right in though. She's sort of a mastermind. She doesn't like to get her hands dirty. So I think during this round of combat, she actually is finishing off the hunk of meat and throwing the bone across the floor and stepping down, slowly drawing her sword. She's very arrogant right now, so she draws her sword slowly and just is preparing for the fight to come and stepping slowly towards her enemies. Badass. All right, next round of combat we got thorfinn on sevens we've got allies on sevens as well uh they're on clubs so they're after thorfinn uh we have feria on joker oh no and we have her brigands on ace wow they've got the advantage here so feria is going to go first um she's going to charge in one two three four five six uh She's gonna have to dash if she wants to strike. This actually works out in our favor. I don't think she is not one to just rush into combat. So she actually moves slowly in. She closes some of the distance, um, but doesn't charge at one of her enemies yet, despite she's kind of wasting the Joker here, but this is what she would do. She slowly 
calculatingly coming in, eyeing her opponents, analyzing their fighting patterns as she's coming in slowly. So she just sort of closes some of the distance. Now we're on the Elite Brigands. Uh, I think they... Okay, the Elite Brigands, let's see, do they both strike at Thorfinn? Um, okay, one of them's gonna strike at Thorfinn, the other one's gonna turn and strike at Althus. All right, they're rolling D8s. There it goes, the one against attack against Thorfinn, that is an eight. Oh no, explode. That is a five, 13 against Thorfinn's toughness of seven. So that is a hit with a raise. So that is going to be 2d8 damage with an extra d6. Thorfinn might be going down here. Oh, a horrible roll. Three plus four is seven against Thorfinn's toughness of nine. That is a miss. Thank goodness Thorfinn is so tough. He was able to absorb the blow of that damage. It kind of gets lost in his thick armor and uh, he's able to take the hit. Wow, okay. Next attack to Alphys. D8 again. Oh my goodness, it's another eight, explodes. Five again, 13, hit with the raise. That's two D8 plus a D6 from the raise. That is much worse. That is a 12 plus one is 13 damage against Alphys' toughness of only seven. So that is a hit with a raise. So, Althus is going to be shaken and wounded unless we use a Benny. Well, I can't afford to let Althus go down, so I will, of course, use that Benny. Um, in case anyone's wondering, I am just giving three Bennies to the group as a whole. So, they have a few resources here. So there goes one of our three Bennies, and we are going to soak this damage. That is a bigger rule for Althus. Only got a D6. Uh, we get a five though, so we absorb one of those wounds. We absorb a wound, so he is not even shaken. He soaks up the damage. I think he, just at the last moment, he's able to dodge the blow that would have cut him, and he is able to continue fighting. Wow, okay, resources are dwindling. We are now on to Thorfinn. I think uh, he needs to get one of these guys down. He sees Theria slowly stalking towards them, eyeing them. He knows Theria is going to be a dangerous combatant. So he's hacking away with his axe at the nearby brigand. D6, here we go, Thorfinn. We got an exploding six. That is a nine. That is uh, against seven. That is a hit, but that is only a hit. Here we go. Doing 2d6 damage, another exploder. Eight, exploded again. Uh, wow. So that is uh, 19 damage. Yes, he takes down the brigand. So while him and, so while Thorfinn and Alphys have sort of been working on this brigand, he cuts him away with his ax, slicing right under where his chain, chain mail is, breaking through the chain mail bonds and slicing in at flesh. Right in, the, right in the upper part of the thigh and the brigand drops to the ground, ah, clutching at his thigh. And, and then I think Althus knocks him in the head with the butt of his dagger dropping him down to the ground. Nice job, one more! And he now has to turn and face the other brigand. All right, we are on allies, Althus. Here's a question. Does Althus go after Theria or does he go and help his allies with 
the other large brigand. Alphys is impulsive. I think there's a good chance he goes after Theria. He does. Okay, so Alphys, seeing that Gunbjorn and Thorfinn have this final brigand, he crosses the remaining space, heading straight at Theria with his knife. Come on, I can take you! And he charges in at Theria. I'd like to see you try. And she has her blade at the ready. All right, Alphys, here we go. That is only a four. That is not going to hit her amazing parry of seven. Okay, so Alphys missed. Gunbjorn is now next. He's going to help Thorfinn strike at this remaining brigand. He's got a d6 here. That is a four. That is a miss. He needs to get a seven. He does have plus one from getting up, so that's a five, but still a miss. Okay, so that is the end of that round. All right, on to the third round. Thorfinn is on Jax, allies on 10, Feria on three, and her ally on King. So it looks like the brigand will go first. I think he turns and sees Gunbjorn, not the best combatant. So he's going to strike down at Gunbjorn, rolling a D8 here. That is a three, that is going to miss. Gunbjorn, you still live. All right, and we now move to the Jack. That is Thorfinn. Thorfinn sees Alphys trying to take on Theria. He wants to get there and help his friend. So he's got to take this brigand down. He strikes with his axe. Both D6s explode. That is a, a nine, and that is going to hit against seven. All right. Come on, Thorfinn. Uh, that is four, four, eight points of damage against a toughness of seven. That is a hit. He is shaken. All right. It's now the tense that is the allies. Alphys circling with Feria, their eyes locked, both waiting to make the first move. Alphys being impulsive, he's the one who jumps at it with his dagger, trying to slice at her. That is a four, that is a miss. She easily knocks the, knocks the dagger aside to the parry. You're gonna have to do better than that. Uh, he just sort of grits his teeth. Now we're at Gunbjorn. Gunbjorn slices away with the borrowed knife. That is a two, that is not going to hit. Theria's turn. She's still circling with, with Alphys. She's seeing his move, noticing his impulsiveness, baiting him into the faint, perhaps, as she cuts away with her thin sword. This is gonna be a D8. She is a wild card, so got a D6 on here, too. That's gonna be a five on the D6, so that is a... Alphys's parry is five. That is a hit, but she only rolls two D6. She's not as strong as some of her, her brigands. Oh, we have an explode. That's an 11 plus three. That is 14 against Alphys's toughness of seven. So that is a hit with a raise. Oh no, Alphys. Do we spend another Benny? I think we have to. I don't want Alphys to go down. Thorfinn would be heartbroken. So there goes our second Benny of the session. All right, uh, going to roll a toughness roll. Come on, Alphys, soak up this damage. That is only a three. He fails. All right, not a Benny well spent. So Alphys is now shaken and wounded. All right, so Alphys is now wounded and shaken. He's, so Theria, seeing this, faints. 
faints with her sword. Alphys impulsively goes for it to parry, but then she swings her sword quickly, slices across the side. Ah! As he takes a hit, he realizes now she's a far more formidable opponent than he thought. And we move on to the next round of combat. Thorfinn is on fours, his allies on five, Faria on twos, and the last brigand is on queen. So the brigand goes first. The brigand is shaken. However, Faria has the command edge. So he gets a plus one on his spirit roll to come out of shaken. Here goes, oh, that is a one. Plus one is two, still a fail. So he is still shaken. He hasn't, he hasn't broken out of it. He's just still stunned by that, that hit. So now we move on to the allies. That is Alphys and Gunbjorn. Alphys is going first. Uh, he is shaken. He's got to get out of shaken. His spirit is a D6. Come on, Alphys. That is a five minus one because he has a wound. So that is a four, but it's still a success. He is no longer shaken, but he loses the rest of his turn. And it is now Gunbjorn's turn. Gunbjorn is gonna slice with that knife. That is a three, does not hit the enemy. Okay, now it is Thorfinn's turn. Thorfinn, he hears the painful cry of Alphys, you know, just feet from him, but he has to get rid of this Brigant, he knows if he leaves, Gunbjorn cannot take this guy by himself. Thorfinn is loyal and stubborn. He will not leave this Brigant with Gunbjorn. He will try to take him down. Here he goes. Oh, horrible hit. That's three plus one is four. Does not hit. This Brigant is somehow able to hold him off despite being shaken himself. All right, we're at Feria. Seeing she's already marked blood upon Alphys, she's still stalking him, smirking, knowing she has the upper hand here. You would have been wise not to face me. Alphys is just gritting his teeth, her honeyed yet biting words just irritating him, and she strikes again with her sword. That is a six against Alphys's parry of five. That is a hit. She is going to be rolling D6s, three damage against his toughness of seven is going to miss. So, um, so I think she's, this time she is toying with him. She slices her blade and just, and just harmlessly glides across his armor as if she's just toying with him. And he's just getting more angry by this, knowing that she is quite a capable swordsman. He needs to keep her busy until Thorfinn can come and help him. All right, next round of combat. We've got Thorfinn on nine, his allies on two, Feria on queen, and her brigand on five. So it looks like Feria will be starting us off. So she makes another strike with her sword, still toying with Althus. That is a five. His parry is five. That is going to hit. 2d6 damage. That is only five. So that is going to, again, another harmless slice across his armor. <laughs> You're quite a fun toy. Shut up and fight me. We are now at Thorfinn on nine. Thorfinn uh, cuts away with his ax. That is five plus one, six. Does not hit, we need a seven. The brigand is still shaken. He's gotta get out of shaken. He's rolling a D six plus one. That is a three, still a fail. He's still shaken. 
He's able to defend himself, but not strike out. Althus, again, tries to strike out his dagger, thinking he has an opening. That's a six, explodes, another explode. That is 12 plus four, 16 against her parry of seven. That is a hit with the raise. 2d6 plus a d4 damage. I think Althus finds a real opening. He's starting to realize that a lot of her attack is, is more bravado, perhaps, than skill. That is three plus an exploding four, so that is seven plus three is 10 damage. Her toughness is eight. So that is a hit. We, she is shaken. So Althus finally sees an opening and he pretends to go for it. As she goes to parry, he swings his own knife. Being small and quick, he's able to get in and, and slice her across the armor. It's just a small flesh wound, but it's enough to show her he knows what he's doing. Ah! As she gasps in pain. Well, you didn't see that coming now, did you? And she just sort of looks at him with her stoic gaze, not quite revealing her strategy yet. All right, that was that was Althus. Now we move on to Gunbjorn. He makes his strike. That is only a four plus one five. Does not hit. This brigand is tough. Next round of combat. Editing EJ here. Combat's going on a little long, so I'm going to cut out a lot of this. And it's gonna seem like we're jumping around, but this was played in order by the book. Just to save a little time and focus on the main points of combat. The Brigand has the Joker, but he's still shaken. So he is going to roll a spirit roll. He is no longer shaken, but that does cost him his turn. Theria, who is stunned, so she's gonna have to make a spirit roll. Oh, that is a one fail. So she does not come out of shaken. She's still distracted by that hit that Alphys is able to get on her. Thorfinn is going to strike out with his hand axe. Grazes off the chainmail. Can't seem to get into flesh. Theria, she's still stunned. Seven, that is a success. She's no longer shaken, but that is the end of her turn. The Brigand. So he's going to, again, strike at Gunbjorn. He misses Gunbjorn. Realizing this opponent is more brawn than speed, is able to easily dodge this swinging axe. Nice dodge, Gunbjorn! Thorfinn, I think, is a bit impressed. He did not expect Gunbjorn to be this useful in a fight. Frankly, <laughs> neither did I. And we move on to the Brigand. The Brigand striking at Gunbjorn. Oh no, that's an eight! Eight plus three is 11. So that is a hit with a raise. This is 2d8 damage, now with a d6. 10 damage. Against Gunbjorn's toughness of seven, that means Gunbjorn actually is only shaken. Wow. Okay, so Gunbjorn's now shaken. He just barely dodges a blow, and I think the back of the of the axe slams into him and, and stuns him for a moment. At this point, Theria and Althus are circling each other, trying to swipe at each other, easily parrying or dodging each other's blows. They're sort of, they feel like they're a match now that they sort of read each other as they've been circling and reading each other. We are at the Brigand. Again, going after Gunbjorn. That is again an eight! And another eight! Okay, clearly we have a hit with a raise. This is gonna be 2d8 d6 damage. All right. Wow, explode on an eight. So that is 20 points of damage. That is a hit with two raises. Gunbjorn is down. 
I want to know, is Gunbjorn dead? He's incapacitated. We're going to roll a vigor roll to see if Gunbjorn was killed in that strike. He has a vigor of d6. We need a four or higher for him to live. Even then, he's still gonna have an injury of some kind. That is a five, minus one, four. That is a success. He is still alive. He's still alive, but he, he has an injury. All right, what is the nature of his injury? Oh, his guts are busted. Okay, so his strength is temporarily reduced. All right, so Gunbjorn now has, I think, I think what happens is this ax comes swinging around again. And Gunbjorn's able to dodge the end of the ax, the, the, the killing part of the ax. But I think, I think he moves too close to the enemy and the, and, the, and the shaft of the ax slams into him with some force, hard in the gut. And he drops to the ground, rolling, holding onto his gut, completely dazed and out of it. He's incapacitated. And I think he's knocked out as his head slams into the ground. So. Gunbjorn is down for the rest of the combat. His guts are busted. He's in a lot of pain. Oh, he's going to be holding on to that injury for a while, but he's still alive. Thorfinn sees Gunbjorn go down. No, Gunbjorn! And he's just filled with rage and fury. Thorfinn, he feels like now's the time to the hatred of this guy, he, the guy who put down Gunbjorn. He doesn't know actually how Gunbjorn is. He thinks he sees him squirming on the ground. Maybe he's still alive, maybe he's still gonna be okay, but he's gonna strike out with his ax with all of his fury. He's got plus two on this. Explosion, explosion, that is a hit with a raise. Finally, some damage. That is a hit with multiple raises. He takes down the brigand. All right, hacking away at the brigand, and he turns, and now he looks Locke's eyes upon Theria, and he knows she's next. Next up is Alphys. Maybe Alphys will take her out before Thorfinn gets there. That is a exploding six. Two is eight. Her parry is seven. He gets a hit. Come on, Alphys. Oh, both the six and the four explode. That is 10 plus, oh, plus five is 15 and exploding four. That is 19 plus one is 20 points of damage. Althus slams his knife into Theria, finding an opening. Her momentary, I think she's momentarily distracted as she sees Thorfinn looking at her with his anger in his eyes. And this is the opening Alphys takes to drive his knife into her. That 20 points of damage against her toughness of eight. That is a hit with three raises. She has to soak this damage. She has a Benny, so she is going to spend it to soak this damage. Her vigor is eight, so she's got a D8 on this soak roll. Uh, that is a five. She soaks one but she still takes two wounds. She is shaken with two wounds. All right, so Althus jams the knife into the side of Theria. Ah, ah. Squealing in pain, not expecting Althus to be able to get this blow on her. He pulls back the knife, her blood dripping off of it. You didn't expect that now, did you? I, 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 I'll stop you. And she looks, seeing Thorfinn coming towards her in rage. I 
think at this point she realizes she might be bested. I think she's smart. She's a manip manipulative. She is not going to just, I think, continue the fight. I think she's going to try to surrender, thinking like she has so many times in the past that she will be able to escape. And so Theria lowers her sword, putting her hands up. Now, we don't have to continue this fight. After all, I have been the caretakers of your village. She sort of says through gritted pain as she's holding the cut that Althus has made into her side. Without me, remember, your villages would be in ruin. Thorfinn's eyes burning with rage. He stares across the room. He stares over at Theria. I will end you. And with that, we have to end our episode. Join us next time as we continue the story and see what is the fate of Theria, the brigand leader. Thank you so much for listening, and everyone have a wonderful day.